remember the tra Travelling Wilburys was a band. Well, I've, I've never seen at least like travelling, <laughs> travelling <laughs> emergency we've got. A travelling emergency? If, if he goes, he plays. And as you can see, led out by Bob Murphy, which is the late change. Bob Murphy was the travelling emergency. He comes in for Jason Johannesson. Well, the obvious question is, Johannesson out during the warm-up, everything all right, and Bob Murphy in. It seems like it's orchestrated, but it definitely isn't. Thank God we didn't need another one. But, um, yeah, it's a bubble play. Oh, welcome, boys, to League Two, the travelling emergency, Rusey. We got a gig, so and what it happened, worked out. He's, he's feeling good after the game. You yeah. know what? He didn't do a warm up. So he, he was strapping. He was all strapped and everything because he he's got the shoulder strap. Ready, to, ready, sort of um, get himself Tiffany prepared. Tiffany did an old fashioned warm up in the in rooms. the rooms. Come out yep. and uh, you... pulled up well on the back of it, and it's quite funny. He led the team out, but couldn't toss the coin because Eastern Wood was named captain. So oh, right. I couldn't oh, even have to go and uh, <laughs> toss it. Well, he didn't make the fatal mistake. Travelling emergency. You knew you were going to play. He just ripped into the buffet. He put on a couple of kilos. He got the late call. I don't think I can do that. Ah. Hey, guys, I, I have to say this, to, and I reckon I can pick the day each year. Walking into the studio today, late afternoon, the northerly, Melbourne northerlies, mm -hmm. the slightest hint of warmth in it, which says finals. Yes. That one time, the air comes from the north, you can smell the cut grass for the first time, not the type of grass you know it used to cut but <laughs> you can smell the cut grass for the first time off the warmer northerly for the year and that says finals and there's a lot of finals games on isn't there i mean yeah. it starts this weekend really we've got how many teams we've got eight nine ten eleven eleven teams mm. can still make the eight yep. so there's so many games that uh, are critical and top Top four, top six is huge. And Talk about a bloke who holds a grudge. I used to cut his lawn, that's where he's getting at. <laughs> then he'd have to hire someone else to come in and do it properly. <laughs> I had to backfill everything he did. Hey, uh, uh, we made mention of finals then. The best final of last year was GWS and Bulldogs. Yep. They take on each other again this weekend. Tomorrow night, in fact, uh, Dicko, you've got the ins and outs, please, mate. Yeah, some big ins. Uh, Jonathan Patton and Green come in. Mummy uh, is a massive out. And Smith, as we said, Stringer's back in with Dixon Dunkley. Uh, Wood, Smith and Webb are out. But... The big talking Premiership point... Premiership heroes are back for the dogs. Yeah, yeah. but the big talking point is Mummy. <laughs> no uh, Mummy in the Giants. They're number one clearance team. So we know so number how... One clearance ruck, uh, number one hit to advantage, roughly. Yeah, so there's the a big hole there for GWS. But the doggies, over the first uh, 15 rounds, were 16th in clearances. So over the last month, they've had four wins, but they're into second in terms of clearances. So there's an advantage for them. Can you put that in perspective, though? No, I don't want to rain on... The big fella's parade over no, here. No, not at all. But were they soft kills? Well, it wasn't so much soft kills. I, 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 they weren't the best teams, but I think what they've got back is that stability through the middle of the ground and their pressure. That They couldn't have one and the other. Um, they had one and then they didn't have the other. So they put them together on four occasions now where you can see they're starting to get some strength through the middle of the ground. It's still collectively hours. down back. No Eastern Wood now. Dale Morris mm. still out of that lineup. The two experienced defenders there. So that makes it difficult from a, a Western Bulldogs point of view. And if GWS can bring the pressure that they put on last week against Melbourne, then it's going to be even uh, more difficult. Can they do it at Etihad Stadium where when it's just they a turned it quick? But did they put pressure on? And that allowed them to play the style that, yeah. that we all know. With no, that run and gun off half-back. That's the area we've all been waiting for, isn't it? I mean, season average of 69 tackles are 119. So they, they were ninth going into the round season. 119. It's their club record. We know they can run on the outside, as you can see here. You look at them streaming forward. But their biggest problem has been not being able to put pressure 
on the opposition regularly Which enough. has allowed the opposition, Rizzi, to block the wings. So yeah. block Scully and, uh, and yeah. Whitfield and these guys actually getting release ball, which they're, which they're so good I at. I mean, the other area was their forward half tackles. I think there were 69 last week forward half, or 60 forward half tackles. Devin Smith, I think, had 11. I think he's out this he's week. Out. So that, yeah. that, that's the thing. If they can sustain that sort of pressure, sustain the forward half tackling, they, they jump right up into that top bracket of premiership favourites. I think they were critical probably four weeks ago. Where are they at? They're dropping games they shouldn't drop. And it's time that you said that smell of September's on its way because I feel they've got the smell of it as well. They had that little flat patch. They know they're going to play finals. Top four, obviously, they're aspiring to. But I think they're dangerous at the moment. This is going to be a big margin. We've seen tight encounters their last two games. I think the Giants will blow them out of the water because not that they've flicked a switch, but they're in um, they're in finals mode now. There's a concern for the doggies, John. those over the back goals. I mean, we saw it probably twice against the Lions this year and some other teams, but particularly against the Lions. The, the ease of which you can score against the doggies is that a concern? Well, it is when they now they come up against a confident GWS side who who do run and uh, and create you know with speed through uh, through the middle of the ground. So Lions who have battled throughout this year, yes, they've done it well against the dogs a couple of times with these goals over the back. And look, the dogs mightn't be too worried about it themselves because they're probably doing enough the other way to to stop it what it does it does give the a bit of confidence i think to the to the opposition team so Gita, um so brisbane here would grow a few legs on the back of this going well hang on we're getting a couple easy goals here and grow some confidence on the back and that last bit of vision there is the one for me where the dogs defenders i think now through fast transition are getting caught going yeah. back Rather than coming up to pressure, Explain and that's what, they what did you so mean well. by going back, because everybody runs back. <laughs> well, they go, they go on the hit. So normally, the, when the side's confident and you've got teams coming through you and you've got your right setups, you can come up and press. So Rouge is coming at me hard. You know that I'm coming. Next guy's going to sort of protect in behind and then continue that. Put pressure here to create the turnover. If you allow me to so go, you're, you're, you're there backpedaling all you're the way. Backpedaling, it's too difficult. All of a sudden, you can step and go, and you've got control. And, and then eventually, the backpedaling, then they just turn and run. Exactly. And it's too late. And it's too late because you're yeah. caught out because of speed of ball movement. And there's almost a domino effect because we talk about how they're assertive with their defence and they push up. I think that's on the back of a security blanket, really, because mm. when they go inside fifth, they only score 22% of the time as a goal, which is 17th in the comp. So... They're not that efficient when they go in, so they need that pressure up, and their defenders obviously play that that back line as a almost a safety net. Well, what the what puts doubt in the defenders' mind? And this is where, you know, their natural uh, defensive mechanism, John, is like you said, they go forward. But what puts doubt in the defenders' mind? If the forwards aren't holding holding up that ball movement, mm. if it's coming really quickly through that corridor, mm. it's very hard. It puts it. It's hard for a defender to run forward. When he knows he's, he's, yeah, his opponent is going out the back. <laughs> and, and whereas last year there was so much pressure around the contest, most of those balls were balloon balls landing in Eastern Wood, mm. landing in Morris's lap, etc., mm. etc. Is that, is that pressure around the ball that you talked about, is that doggies not doing as much or teams have worked out how to spread out the doggies pressure around I think the both. I think teams are spreading them out a bit more, but even in the con con contest, I mean... You have to win a premiership to play an unbelievably high level. We've definitely seen them drop off. But I, but I think what it illustrates is if you're going to defend like that in a zone situation, every single player has to be switched on. If you haven't got the front layer set, then the, the, the midfielders who generally in that next layer go, oh, do I go forward, do I go back? And if it comes through quick, the defenders really, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. If you're coming forward, it's probably going to go over your head anyway. If you're going backwards, you give them more space from the run in. They're going to come deeper. So everyone has to take their role, but there has to be more pressure around the, the final contest. Final thing too about 
GWS is we've talked about their injuries all year. They're starting to get blokes back. Oh, mm. They yeah. got Delidio back mm. last week, got a body of work into him. He's got three more weeks before he runs into the finals. Uh, Canilio has been out there for a, a, a good hit out for the last month yep. now. And he just keeps finding the ball as well. So what we talked about, scary about their depth, how good they are. And when these players come back, they're starting to get games. We must say congratulations to, sorry, to go yeah. just to Stevie J on an outstanding yeah. career retiring yeah. today. And Matty Boyd, of course, from a Western Bulldogs. What a retirement class it's oh, been this year. That's a thing. Yeah. Unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah. Fair, you, put that team, <laughs> you put that team together, they'll go through undefeated <laughs> this year. <laughs> yes. uh, let's have a look at the D's and the Saints. Ruzi, talk to us about Melbourne and how many changes have they got? They've got a couple, haven't they? Yeah, they've got a few. Probably the biggest one is on the Saints side. Nick Rewald, who's yeah. had a field day. He's had 18 disposals, 10 marks and 3 goals against Melbourne. So I don't think there'd be a Melbourne player that's... Hold uh, on, Rusey, uh, uh, about the Roo. Frosty's out. Yeah, that's I know. big well, for me. Well, Frost and Salem are out. And got, this is a Sunday game, so Wagner stretch. Brayshaw, Brayshaw, great. Hopefully he gets a game. The concussion, he's had three weeks back. Last week, 34 in the yeah. seconds. Uh, Wiedemann and Hannon. Hannon shows a bit. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He... he, he I think he was the old rested last week, so he went okay. to the movies. No, right. no, he was all right. He was managed, all right. Managed. Not managed. Managed. Yeah. So rested one of the two. <laughs> and Gilbert Hickey, Mackenzie and Loney come in. So it's... But what, what I thought I'd do here, boys, I mean, these teams, probably only one of these teams can get in, really, can't they? And, and most people have sort of put them along each other yeah, in terms connect. of where they are. So we thought we might go through some of the matchups. So this is backs v forwards, the way they've actually set up. Uh, in the paper, which is not always the way. What do you like there? Pedersen down back, for me, hasn't played there. Does Tom McDonald get moved back there? Probably not, given his role in the ruck. But Pedersen down back? Yeah, look, he may have to play that role at, at certain stages with no frost in the lineup. So, therefore, they're going to have to look at uh, that, whether it is Tom McDonald. From a St Kilda point of view, Sinclair's ball use inside 50 mm. last week was was first class. So we're looking for him to back that up. Billings will rotate through there as well. Sinclair can play on the wing also. What about also. the Weller? The Weller, does he, does he go to a Vince or a Hunter, a Dicko, or either of those? He's well, generally been their defensive he forward. Has. He has, yeah. So he definitely goes there. But um, he hasn't had the uh, onion, as you say, or the nurry as yeah. much as uh, he would like. <laughs> so that negating role is a good one. Just back to the Pedersen one. If yep. he does line up on a Bruce, Bruce, a body player, more a leading player, um, Who's he more suited to? You coached him last year. If he, he hasn't spent a lot of time look, down there. Look, Pedro's the sort of guy that could play on most players, but he hasn't played down there. Like, he's explosive. He hasn't got great endurance, but he could definitely take... Well, Bruce has those. got real good endurance. Yeah, yeah, which is... Taking the places, Just quickly, before we move over. on to the midfield, advantage St Kilda or Melbourne in that area? Derm? Oh, I'd have to... Depends how they play it to memory. I mean, if they can kick well to memory and they can keep it open and if they can get their good kickers, Billings further up the field, Jack Stevens kicking, I think it's advantage St Kilda. Yep. Just, mm, just, just. Okay. Well, well, before you get off this page, at some stage, he's been so good this year, could Hibbert become a part-time big on-ball midfielder? Look, I, he's been unbelievable. I mean, he, him and Jed are that combination of... Look, I mean, Hunt. Hunt's probably dropped off a bit, but Hibbard's have to be in the All-Australian yep. selection. I don't know. I haven't seen enough. Probably more seen him this year playing for Melbourne, but he's in, he's impressive. I'm not sure he's got the endurance to go that's, midfield. That's why I asked the yeah. question. Could he? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Not yet. But, uh, yeah, he, he's been a, a fantastic player. But let, let's move in the midfield yep. now. 
John, what are you like and what are your concerns from either party in terms of your matchups midfield? Oh, it's going to be a great game in there, isn't it? It's nice and tough around the ball when you look at yeah. Oliver V. Dunstan. Both love to to crack in. Tyson and uh, and Seb Ross and, and Viney V. So he was tagged last week, yeah. right? So Stephen Hutchings did a yeah. great job. His first half was extremely quiet. But in the end, he had 11 disposals in the last quarter when yep. the game was on the line. So that was a huge win in the end for Jack Stephen. Had to work through four quarters and didn't drop his bundle. Kept working and, vi- and finally... It came uh, came to fruition for him where he had a big last. Do you lock him away? Win. Yeah, I'd actually have Ross on the wing and I'd have Savage off half back. Um, yeah, he's he's been there more runner off half back, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, it's interesting. It's almost a like the like round. Like you got Oliver and yeah. Dunstan. Yeah. rather a fight Vine than a The one even. thing though with Dunstan v Oliver, they will belt Oliver because Jack Steele and Dunstan play the same role. Yeah. They'll mm. share equal time yeah. in there and they will always be bang, I bang, think that's why at the start of the Oliver. year, Derm, when everyone was going, one of these two teams will play yeah, finals right. this year. And now it comes down to this game to probably see who is going to play finals because of that midfield, because of those matchups there and how, how pretty, even it is. reasonably even. Yeah. Uh, forward of centre for the Ds, what do you like there or what are you concerned? I mean, Carlisle Brown have been... Carlo and Brown have been pretty consistent uh, in terms of what they've been doing. They, I mean, they can sort of flip over. Yep. Uh, take Garlett needs to respond now for, for Melbourne. What he produced last week just wasn't good enough, wasn't at the level that we've seen from him throughout throughout the year. He was beaten quite easily. So is he needs, he needs to... No, I don't, I don't think so. I think Geary, Geary goes, yeah. goes straight over straight over to him. Robert and they'll probably play on Neil Bourne, like him to get high. Robert and just hold yep. and uh, and try and take those intercept marks to, to rebound. So would you have Nunes on Petrarca as well? Uh, he's going to play that fifth no, midfielder, isn't he? I you wouldn't, wouldn't do it? Web, Webster's, a, Webster's body. a classy user of the ball, yep. but he's a better scrapper. Okay, He's a better scrapper. The other thing is, I was thinking before when we were talking about Pedersen, swap McDonald down the back line. Yep. They're desperately small if you take Tom McDonald out of that. No, they are. Line. Yeah, yeah. Well, Pedersen or McDonald has to play forward, really. I don't would think they? they'll yeah, but yeah. probably. At times they may do that because then does that expose Brown on the bit. ground? Exactly. I reckon they're mm. going to try and play one tall at most, <laughs> yep. at very yep. most, and try and move the ball in there very small, very well, quick. In round one, Brown and Carlisle, very straight line. I don't know whether you boys did that game. Yeah. Melbourne really troubled them with their side to side, their lateral movement as their forwards. Yeah, so right. it will be interesting to see what they mm. do down there. Boys, time for a break. And after that break... The Dirty Rotten Bombers <laughs> and the Crows. <laughs> Welcome back to the desk of League Teams. That was very clicky, jingly music. Yeah, Hardly was. bad what boys for love for you, no, was it? No, no, not uh, ACDC either. Oh, no, no, I don't know. Well, just let Pat that... Benatar, your favourite. <laughs> 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 Rick Astley's yeah, double yeah, album. Yeah, I've got right. his car. He's still Rick Astley. Yeah, remember the yeah. old pen picks they used to have in the record? I remember reading one <laughs> once about... You know, Doug Hawkins in the, the old record said, what do you do on a Saturday night? We go to Super's place, put the record player on Billy Joel and drink. <laughs> Super, Super McPherson, you mean? Yeah! What, what type of a Saturday but, night is that? But, then they probably punched each other. Then and John turned up with Rick Astley and they yeah, go, right, let's break that. Culture Club was my first ever tape. <laughs> <laughs> Bombshell on lead team. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Yeah. First ever. Yep. Wow. Boy George. 
There you go. We we will Look try at the and arrange a meeting wow. with him for you, <laughs> <laughs> boys. Let's go to the first game. Oh, the first game. The first game after the break. Essendon take on Adelaide. Dicko, give us the ins and outs, please. So sir. Kelly Lewenberger, Day, and Laverde and McGrath come in. Uh, Bell Chambers, Hartley. Bagley, Fantasia, big out that one with the hamstring and Merritt suspended, as we know. And Adelaide unchanged. So uh, they're travelling beautifully at the moment, Adelaide. Big run for Essendon, though. Um, do you give them a hope uh, against a Crows outfit who pretty much red hot at the moment? I, I've actually gone the Bombers against This is the yes. Dirty Rottens. How can you bring yourself to do it? Explain why yeah, then. You've why gone you've for tipped them. Essendon Home against ground. probably the best side in the comp at the minute. Well, they're on top. I don't think the comp's terribly, terribly good this year. So they're on top. Oh, but the comp's mean good. They're super it's team. Even. It's well, yeah, even well, it is. Yeah. Essendon defend really, really well. Yep. And on their home ground, uh, a travelling team interstate without their home supporter base, I reckon when you can seize up the Crows' scoring, I reckon they can get a little headless. So you won't, it's not going to be a shootout. Last time Essendon played the dogs at the Eddie Bombers it was, defend it was a well. shootout. They attack well. They've missed a couple up there but I reckon they might be able to do some damage. So if I reckon they can take out a couple in the middle, I reckon the Bombers will win. I reckon if uh, I reckon if the Crows are plus 46 contested ball, they might win. But has there been a bigger swing? I would swing? say if they get that, they'd probably do win. But has yes. there been a bigger swing over a two-week period? They're minus 50 against Collingwood mm. and plus 46. 96 swing, that, that is unbelievable, Huge. isn't it? Huge. Well, we know what final footy is about, yeah. the contested game, but... That's where they needed to pick it up. They relied too much on we're going to get the uh, ball and obviously have a shootout with our forward line. But that inside game, they really knuckled down on that. Uh, when I say knuckled down, they made a, a focus on it on the weekend. Yeah. And Port Adelaide was shell-shocked on, hang on, what's happened here? And they had the 81 inside 50s last week. So that's a huge part of their game, which has been the biggest question mark. You said they're on top of the ladder yeah. and they're, they're just going. But uh, that's been the biggest. That's going to be thing. the thing in the next three weeks, I think, for the Crows. We, I remember interviewing, going back to round one, Don Pike before that game started. Contested possession was the thing they were working on pre-season. They still haven't been. I mean, they're on top, but they still haven't been absolutely consistent. If they can get that right over the next three weeks, I mean, they're not going to go plus forty-six, plus forty-six, plus forty-six. But if they can get that side of their game right, then they're not relying as heavily on that rebound doom. Because yep. I agree, sometimes. If you take away their rebound, their coast-to-coast stuff, mm. that's when they've looked really suspect this year, isn't it? But if they can get contested ball right, win clearances, then and not be as reliant from your you know, defensive 50 to forward 50 attacking, then they're, they're, they're in really good nick. And the Bombers have concerns themselves. As I said, they defend really, really well, can attack off half-back really, really well. They attack inside 50 really, really well. Their clearance work in the middle is still yeah. a concern. They mm. still need to find somebody who can just burrow in, get the muzzle in into, into the trough. It's okay the opposition to, to clear it out of centre bounce, but if it's under pressure, it still yeah, gives you a chance. Yeah. But yeah. Even last week against Carl, Carl Rowe would actually clear some effectively with good outside yeah. ball in centre bounce to then to then deliver it forward. If Essendon need, really need to clean that up. Yeah, and you talk about the clearance game. I think it's relying on the kicking game. Essendon, for the first half of the season, I thought were the best kicking team and really cutting sides up. Mm. The good kicking teams trouble Adelaide because the better you are with your foot skills, obviously the deeper your entry, 
If you can make them like you're saying, Rusey, their transition 120 metres, go a long way to beating the Crows. But the sides that don't use the ball as well, they're only transitioning 60, 80 metres. And yeah. that forward line's and too And not potent. rushing the game. What I, what I like when Essendon's playing their best, they're not a slow ball movement team, but mm. they're not ballistic. They play almost like a three-quarter yeah. tempo kicking mm. game. Mm. And that suits Eddie had now because if you can control the ball, spread defences... Does both things allows you to score, but it also keeps the ball out of Adelaide's hands. So just they... get in Joey Danaher's area. Yeah. Do everything you can just to get it near Joe Danaher. He's doing everything right at, at the minute. It's so going to be a well tough matchup. Balanced up forward, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Joe Danaher's hooker. He's Stewart, Stewart's moving really well. I always like the, yeah. the way that the he, he moves tall, as a player. Perfect yeah. third tall, yeah. isn't he? Fantasia's a big massive. Loss. Tip and Woody was outstanding, but they've late still last got week. wheels. At, yeah, they yeah. have. Yeah. Collier plays yeah. high half yeah. forward. He can push back further as well. Uh, Zara Rakas might Woody. have to go forward a little bit as well uh, in this game, just to try and put a little bit of so pressure on them. I reckon they're really, really well yeah, balanced no, I agree. at both ends of the ground. They fix up the midfield. I can see. An upset, Bruce. So all these things you've said, are you starting to swing? <laughs> Those dirty, rotten bombers might be a chance. No. <laughs> but who lines up on Dano? Well, that's, think? that's the thing. Well, Talia, he's... Uh, he's, he's Keithy? Uh, Keithy could. He could Hardy. get him. Well, that, you know Jake Lever will probably be the one to come off. Yeah. Just to try and, yeah. and help out, and he, and he has to because Joe Danaher, if he picks up that flight of the ball, he's, he's just about he unstoppable he, at the minute. He can't stop. Well, the way the rules are now, no chop in the arms. Yeah. He takes the ball at its highest point. He's able to manufacture his leads. Yeah, jo- Jones did a good job, and we'll touch on him later on, but Jones did a good job because if you've got a vertical leap, mm. you're a bit of a chance. And, and if you're a power speed man, but, uh, you, you know, if you get caught behind, you've got to jump and you're not going to be able to spoil mm. him. Let's go to Port Adelaide and Collingwood now. Power have omitted three and one injury. In the omissions, though, Monfrey's young, surprising again. Trengove. There's some blokes I reckon you just don't drop. Trengove going out for Port Adelaide. That is really surprising. Mm. Um, she's got a hip injury. Collingwood have made six ins, three outs, including Grundy, of course. Uh, so we know that none the wiser there as to what's going to be happening there in total changes. Uh, Port Adelaide's midfield... Um, they were a, a, a lot. Uh, they weren't quite as. They didn't move as well as Adelaide's last last week. They just got chopped up a little bit around the contest and their ability to spread. There's some heavy players, and I don't know when we say heavy players. Um, Thick set, like they're yeah, strong lines yeah, and those yeah. types of yep. like, They just they're not able to spread to the same. Uh, Capabilities of some of the Adelaide Crows. You, you can look cop at that though, Dan. What, what you can't cop. Yeah, you're right. Look at the size of it. You can cop maybe getting outrun, but you can't cop getting beaten by 46 contested possession. Yep. Ollie Wine's 97, mm. Pepper 91. So the weight in the weight for age category, you're talking about middle heavyweights versus light flyweights, <laughs> yeah. and they got smashed. That's yeah. what I. That's what would be disappointing. But Kenny once the ball gets to the outside, they can't chase it. Yeah, well, to the outside then, of that then stop. win it on yeah. the inside. Because yeah. if you're not going to win it on the inside and, you, and you've got that advantage, then you are going to get beaten on the mm. outside. So mm. that, that's a real concern because their strength... I mean, they, their strength in runnings probably comes from Polak, doesn't it, on the outside. Mm. Their half-backs a little bit with Pittard. Um, you know, even Burn when Jones Wingard comes... Yeah, yeah, those guys. But it, those, those four boys there particularly have to win the ball on the inside. They can't get beaten. And Collingwood... This year, one of their one of their strengths has been their contested possession. Um, so that's another challenge that Porter got to overcome this week. But that's what I, I I like Collingwood in this game. I really do. Just on the fact that uh, like we talk about the entries of Port Adelaide and where they go with their footy once they're there, I, I think size can really pull them apart coming out. So not only is the contested game 
a question mark for Port Adelaide. But Collingwood, they've been pretty good in that area. So. My, I, tell you, I know Grundy's a big out. I'm, I'm not trying to compare Mason Cox to Grundy. But back into the season, interesting. Cox comes in yep. 6'11", close to 7 foot, gets his opportunity. Does he? And I'm just he's going to leave Collingwood. But it's a great opportunity for both Collingwood to look at him. Where he's from more a ruck more of, of a view. ruck, purely a ruck point of view. We know he can go forward, Derm, and kick his two or three. He's not going to be a six goal, I wouldn't think, forward. No. But if he has two really good games in the ruck, then not only do Collingwood go, gee, you know, maybe push Grundy forward for the last game against Melbourne or whatever, but all other teams, I reckon, will be looking at this game going, Mason Cox in the ruck. I think I'm really excited about that. Yeah, when you look at Paddy Ryder, well, <laughs> you know, yes, he can jump and he can do all those things, but. He hasn't really played. He wouldn't have played against Mason no. Cox as a, in a ruck point of view. So he, it's a little bit of the unknown for, for Paddy Ryder. Mason Cox knows what he's coming up against. He sees Ryder all the time in that position. But he's not too sure whether he's going to be able to get over the top of the, uh, the big American. Still hold the cards at home, though, don't they? Oh, they yeah, do. I think so. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. no doubt. Yeah. Uh, they're time in forward half. They're enormous. So uh, they certainly grow a leg when they're in Adelaide. Let's go to a break. And the Hawks and the Roos up next. If only we filmed the ads, eh? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing real special there. Hawthorne take on North Melbourne. Dicko, tell us about the changes. Mate. Massive in for the Hawks in. Hodge, Heatherly and Stewart. Uh, Anderson, Turner, Simpkin and Zerha. I'd love to be commentator calling his name. And Larky goes out for North Melbourne. So we've got the extended bench, as we've said. But uh, Hodge, a massive in for the Hawks. They missed him last week, Ruzi. Uh, it's amazing what stability he can give you down there, but when he's not there, it all falls apart. Yeah, absolutely. Watching that game live last week, and we're going to talk about engineering an upset. Uh, and I think you have to... On the back of what happened last week when watching that game, they were all at sea. I think in the first quarter, uh, the league average for possessions inside your forward 50 is 13 a quarter. Mm. Richmond had 26 disposals inside yeah. their forward 50. And the only reason Richmond didn't score at times is because they, they couldn't work out which option to take. Yeah. They had five and six guys running in versus two and three. And, and to be fair to Hawthorne, they're, they're, they're young defenders. So I think if... I think if the so should he retire? Well, look, I mean, he only he knows whether he can go through another pre-season, etc., mm. etc. Et mm. Clearly, he's made that decision, but he does make a big impact because those players are really hard to find. He, and, and we talked a little bit about before, John, those zone defences. So for someone to organise down there... Stratton comes back. He could probably... He could, he's probably well, the next one year in the you're future. Have yeah. back, you can have uh, Frawley virtual. back. You can he's have not very loud, back. Yeah. is he? Yeah. No, no, he's, he's just a, a defender. You won't hear much out of him. He's good closing speed, does his job. That's the thing down there. The voice, like I said last, was it last week with Hodgie? He used to tell him to shut up because he's just continually talking the whole time. But mm. when um, Gibbo's down virtual, there, virtual he was it? enormous. Yeah. Birch is huge on voice. So those guys there, but... Hodge is obviously the big general down there, and he's a massive loss when they don't play. And we and we saw when they played Adelaide and beat Adelaide, which we never thought they'd do. We heard the uh, audio, and you can just see what sort of an impact he can. Does Gunston become a permanent defender then next year when some of these guys come back? Is he doing enough at the moment to suggest to you that he's the one that maybe stays down there with Sicily, or do they make that shift back? 
with these guys. Well, they've also uh, got they've got to have a hybrid to them. So Gunston needs to have a hybrid. So if he's not getting the touch forward, he needs to have that flexibility to go back. So they're almost like the lazy Susan, really. Like they've just got to jump on and off as they go, and and where, where they're going to get a feed, here it is. You know, that's how it's got to work. And so I, you're I saying to... those two will never handball to each other; they'll only <laughs> kick to each yeah, other. because well, they'll be that far apart. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it'll be like that. But I'll ask you, Rizzy, like um, coaching against his old mate Dimmer Hardwick, the second half, it, yeah, it went the, back. Again. It went back to what yep. know, they know best. You know, Gunston went forward, and everyone yep. back to their regular positions to maybe win the game or. Or stop the bleeding. So uh, I want to ask you, in a way, like, what do you do as a coach? Where do you find that balance? Like, I, I think you're pursuing the, with yeah. the development. But I think at the moment with Clarko, he, he's he's got a mulligan, really has. He? He's got four <laughs> premierships. He's changed, yeah. He's changed back to a contested ball team. He's got, got a mulligan. He's got a mulligan. <laughs> yeah. He has. He's got yeah. a mulligan. So yeah. at the moment, I, I applaud him because what he's doing is finding a lot about his team. In the process, he's actually re-energised them. So he's thinking, gee, this is actually not bad. Yeah. We're starting to win games. Yeah. We're playing better footy. I suspect when it comes to round one next year, Derm, if they want to have a red-hot crack at playing finals again, you have to settle the team back down again. Yeah. But this year is a free year. This is, well, can Gunston play down back? Blake Hardwick's been fantastic. A kid came in as a forward, been fantastic down back. DeRay's gone forward. DeRay's gone forward. He went, yeah. It so does. It makes your summer ultra-competitive, doesn't it? Yeah, it because does. Because these, yeah. these kids have got a taste yeah. and they don't want to lose their spot now. So yeah. the challenge comes back to these more senior-type experienced players to then earn their spot uh, once again in this Hawthorne So they're time. a little bit wild at the moment, Hawthorne. They're unpredictable because yep. Clarkson's made them unpredictable. Uh, Richmond pulled them apart last yep. week. How do North Melbourne, with the, what's at their yep. disposal, pull Hawthorne oh, apart? I think the, the Hodge thing, which we've touched on, is huge. So you can see they almost need to tag Hodgie with a smart forward. So don't let Hodgie get... I think the other one... I think Ruffy's really worked his way into the season. Just watching him last week, he's a little bit that. Dustin Martin-like at the moment, where you're not sure as he... We saw that against uh, Hall, um, Sydney a couple of weeks ago when he outmarked Hanabry, he outmarked Zach Jones, I thought, last week. So you've almost got to put some time into him thinking... Because he's not great endurance. No, he's not really Ruffy, a midfielder, Derm. No, yeah. But he has explosive yeah. bursts from pack to 15 metres. Ruffy's quick. But I he just can't keep doing, it up after been, 16 metres. Yeah, but, it's so, like, but then he can drag that midfielder forward. Exactly. So yeah. it's, I'm a pseudo... I'm going to go in, and I reckon what he's doing is super smart. He's going, well, I'm not really a midfielder because I can't play like a midfielder. Yeah. When we win the ball... So I reckon they're the two things. Yeah. Look after Hodge and really keep an eye on Ruffy if North are going to cause Digo, an upset. would you play Cunnington and Zeebel next to each other in the goal square and just... See what happens. Do it early, and you, you never know. Put Higgins in the middle, a couple others through through the midfield, yep. and uh, and just throw the two midfielders, throw them forward, yep. just to change things up a well, little with bit. With Zebel's marking ability, I'd give it a go for sure. Mm. But I'd flick the magnets around because Hawthorne, you said they're unpredictable. Well, don't wait for them to yeah. obviously make the first move. You make the first move. Mm. Jono, talk to us about West Coast and Carlton. Who's in and who's out? Well, another travelling emergency from last week is in. Pritis has got the call-up. So, Vardy and Jetta. So, a bit of speed there as well. Schofield, Marston and Carpenty out for <coughs> the West Coast Eagles. From a Carlton point of view, well, Williamson, he comes in and Marchbank is out injured with an arm. So, Williamson, Williamson gets another opportunity. He's been pretty solid when he has been in the, in the lineup this year for the Blues. Disappointing the Eagles at winning the footy. Mm. Let's, oh, call a spade a spade. Anything that's really, really physical, there's a group within that group who are disappointing. Mm. They're not winning contested footy. They're not tackling. They're not applying some of the traits which make 
Australian rules footy, very difficult. Yeah, and I think I think Simo, and he won't agree with this, but I don't think he's got much to lose. I like him as a coach, and I think there's some ridiculous talk over there. Should he be? No, he's got him to a grand final. Yep. Round 23 last year. They're the form team of the competition going into the finals last year. But you're right, they've dropped up in those areas, Derm. And I think he needs to be ruthless in the last three weeks and demand his team. And on the back of that, they could still play finals. So there's a no-lose situation mm. for him saying, AFL football demands a certain level of physicality, particularly moving in the boys. If we don't demand it, we're not only not going to beat Carlton. Can I ask you about that, though? Um, you've got certain players who, who played a certain way in a certain vein. And then how they coach. You assume that they are going to coach a similar, similar way. Simo was pretty hard and ruthless at it. But it looks like he's tolerated a few blokes within his team mm. which aren't that type of player. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think to be fair to him, I, I guess the point I was trying to make, on the back of some success they've had, it's a bit like Ross Lyon at the start of this year. You tend to back your senior players. I think it's time now, no lose. Go down swinging. Go down making some statements as a coach and saying, Grotto, boys, this is your last chance this week. Yeah, you know, time's running out. Because by doing that, Derm, um, what you are is giving yourself the best chance to win this year, but also setting some standards. I think he can coach. I, I, I'm, I think it's ridiculous that he's under pressure. If he is over there, he can coach. What he needs to do now is really stand for something as a coach. Because we're, we're not inside a footy club. We don't know what sort of vision that they show week in, week out. Start mm. to pick your team around hardness, contested ball, and really make a focus of that for the last three weeks. And that might get you in the finals, Dicker. Yeah, and I agree with you. I reckon he's a good coach, and I think he's been criticised this year. Injuries, no Nat it lost Kennedy for yeah. four weeks. So he's copped his wax, but... You're dead right. He's that sort of coach as well. I spent a little bit of time in Hawthorne. He's not, he doesn't shy away from the honest conversations, and I think that proves uh, with the Prudis retirement and uh, more will follow. He's a solid footballing citizen. Yeah. We, all, we all know that. It just, uh, but I agree with you on that point, just quickly. I think that's going to be a great approach for the next three weeks leading into the And I think that's campaign. why he's brought Vardy back in, because it was Peach and McGovern. Yep. Last week. Yeah, and yeah. now he's gone, OK, well, I think we need McGovern with Schofield out of the side. McGovern down back, bring Vardy and Petrie to do that rotation forward yep. ruck and settle McGovern down for the next yeah, three yeah. weeks for that, that position he loves. And that might be the difference that, that can help with some of their spread because the midfielders will read McGovern marking it yep. and they'll get out first rather than not knowing and not getting to the outside as quick as they like. Match up with Josh Kennedy? Who do we like oh. there? I don't know about matchup, but he'll hit double figures this weekend. Oh, no, really? Yeah. No disrespect to Carlton, but they're running on empty and there's three weeks to go. The <laughs> no petrol lights on. But therefore, it's going to oh, kick ten. It's just over there. You know <laughs> so what it's like. You've I'm, done a number of the yeah. West games. When they move it quick, he is unstoppable, and he he could kick six and a quarter if he wanted to. He wins his position nine out of ten weeks. Yes. Oh yeah. He's if so he wins the Coleman from the position he's in, that's great effort. Yeah. That? I, I think he's a moral from yeah. here. Absolute yeah. moral. Well, I still think he's got somewhere between twelve and fifteen goals left in him yeah, for these yeah, last three I'm games. Um, the thing I look at him in that he's so good, he loves these little short lead-ups and he's very good at running in the, the hook-shaped lead. I think inside 50, when the ball's in West Coast forward half of the ground, I'd like to see, and there's always numbers back if that's the case, the full-back, whether it's Liam Jones or not, play a couple of metres in front, looking over his shoulder, looking at the ball carrier, doing that. So if he's going to take a contested mark, it's got to be good and it'll come over the top. Don't allow him that short little, little lead-up. Lead yeah. And then on the flip of that, further up the ground, when it's in the Eagles' back line, he'll come up to the centre. And you look at this bloke, 199 centimetres, and you think, oh, well, he, after a while, he'll battle to run and, and motor on. 
He runs like yeah. as good a midfielder as you've seen when it goes back towards their goal. So I think once it's outside 60 or 70, I think you play five metres yeah. off the back end. You concede, like they do with Buddy Franklin, you concede. He's going to get a lead up. If you can get to it, great. But concede the front position outside 60, inside 50, I reckon you're playing <laughs> from front and you have to have support numbers from behind. Do you know what's troubling for Liam Jones? When you watch West Coast play and they're entering their forward line, he might be running back to goal. They kick it before he even turns that way. That's how predictable they are to each other in Kennedy. So he goes back to goal. He goes that way. So often as a defender, you look at the forward and go, right, I want to know where he's going. Kennedy just whip out that way and the ball's already in flight. So that's why I reckon Jones, <laughs> he's got a big Jones was terrific on Danaher last week. I, I take your point about Carl. They do look like they're running out of steam, but to their credit, they hold on to the ball. They are, they are hard to play against Carlton. They're hard to score against uh, this year. Soak they, up the time, don't they? They just soak mm. up time. They did it brilliantly well um, last week. Danaher got off to a flyer with three goals. And then after that, the game was really at Carlton's pace. If mm. they can keep the game slow like they did, they'll frustrate and give Liam Jones more of a chance to defend. If they get caught up in a fast game, then I reckon they're in trouble. Let's soak up a bit of time now with Nathan Brown from Sportsbreader. But over here, come Brownie. How are you, sir? Yeah, good, good. Excellent. What do you got for us this week? I'll, I'll uh, make a bit of room there for it. Yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks, yeah, pleasure. Right. As always, our 24-hour <laughs> promo continues on. 5.8 uh, million to punters who did back the right team. But Friday night is an absolute cracker. GWS um, at uh, the Dogs. Now, GWS have played there twice this year and they've lost both times. Three times more money on them so far in the early markets. But I think the total points here is the one where you want to be on. Total points over 175. The last eight games that Eddie had has averaged 195 points. So it's a high-scoring mm. flat deck. Then you've got the good game. Geelong and Richmond down at the Cattery. Four times more money on the Tigers. So some big ins for the Cats, but also some big outs. And one thing I picked up was Zach Tui doing my research. His last five times he's played at Simmons, so he loves it down there. He's had 26 disposals or more. To get 30, he's paying five bucks. So uh, he's been around that 28, 29, 26 mark so for the last you're, five times. So you're tipping he's going to get 27, 28 or 29. I'd just like to get him 30 <laughs> for five bucks. So it's, uh, and then um, Collingwood, Port Adelaide. I reckon Collingwood are just about the bet of the round over there. So they're travelling this year. They've beaten Gold Coast. They've won at Domain. They've won at the SCG. They lost to GWS by a couple of points up there. They opened at 4.10. Now they're into, I think they're about 3.15 at the moment, the Pies. Port have lost four of their 10 games in Adelaide, so I like that. But I've found something in this game too. Robbie Gray, to kick the first goal, it's $16. Now, it is big, big odds. Now, I think they've made a mistake, but they've told me that that $16 is going to stay there all week. So what are you looking at? But nice smooth. That's very yeah, prickly. It's called, it's called a fade. I go the one here and then the, then the two up here. So it's a fade, it's, isn't it? It's called a fade, yeah. Robbie Gray's got one too. $16. I had a fade off the eight that Elston we <laughs> <laughs> yes. Did you see my fade in the prelim last year? Now, that's a, that's some sort of fade. Yeah, yeah, fade yeah, fade yeah, off yeah, yeah. Don't fade in the segment. Joe yeah. Watson, $26, 30 disposals. And one goal to wind back the clock. Gamble responsibly. You could do with a fade. Oh, <laughs> from the old fader himself, Brownie. Thank you very much, mate. We'll speak to you again next week. We need a break, boys. Back on the other side with one of your old boys. Old teams. The Tigers oh. and the Cats. Oh. 
We've seen you go head-to-head -head with Nathan Fife over the journey. Do you want the challenge of going head-to-head -head with Dustin Martin? Uh, not really. He's a pretty incredible player. He's had an amazing season and um, really reflected Richmond's season, who's, who have been super consistent throughout the year. We're under no illusions. They're a very good side and he's a very good player. So um, we're going to make sure that we make it a hard day for him. He's not going to get you with the fend, is he? He's not going to get you with the fend. <laughs> I might have mentioned to a few of our boys that we can't be fended off this week, but uh, I don't like that he probably will. <laughs> <laughs> Paddy Dangerfield there, boys. Our coverage uh, at 2.10pm on Saturday. You can see that one in its full entirety. <laughs> Rusey, the ins and outs for the Cats, please. Yeah, following on from the carnage last week, isn't it, really? So the outs are sold with the ankle, Hawkins suspension, Duncan suspension, buzzer omitted. So obviously coming back in, some good ins. I mean, Paddy Dangerfield's a reasonably handy mm. player. Stanley, Motlop and Menzel have been uh, missing in... Rested to a certain degree, trying to get them fit for the finals. Maybe come back a week early, who knows? But uh, And Jack Rewald is a big in for, for Richmond. So I was tempted to go for the Cats. I, yeah, I, definitely. I don't think it's a fait accompli. You know, yeah. I mean, down at Skilled Stadium, they've been very, very good this year. Disappointing against the Swans. last time out. But yeah. it is, I mean, I guess part of it is now. We, all year, everyone's been talking about Geelong. Are they too reliant on Selwood and Dangerfield? And the first opportunity that one of them doesn't play, mm. they yeah. fell horribly. So this is, you know, from a Geelong point of view, obviously it's a big game from the ladder, but also for a bit of credibility, I think. You know, Selwood's now out, Dangerfield comes back in. If they have another big loss, people are going to continue to say that. We're not going to see Selwood, Jono, probably. Libba missed five, was it? Yeah, he did with a similar similar injury. Around the same time, Libba got back for that first mm. that first final. So you'd think Joel would be on trying to get a similar path under his under his belt, maybe second final, worst case. But uh, he should get back from it. And Geelong, obviously, need to do things differently, I think, the, yeah. next, the next three weeks. Does, does Chris Scott have to try some, something different? He might uncover something through well, spinning the magnets. Out. He, yeah. he finds out now, without Tom Hawkins, the forward line takes a completely different shape. Yep. Well, now, well, how they even line up on paper? Well, just sort of trying to work out, because you're right. I mean, with... with um, with Hawkins out, I know Harry Taylor's played forward, but he's generally done well while Hawkins is there. Mm -hmm. Do you roll a dice with a Lockie Henderson? I know he's been back, but he's a forward, played forward at Carlton a bit, played at Brisbane Lions a bit. You've got Menzel and, and Motlop there. Do you, do you throw Henderson forward? Oh, I think you do, because 55% of their scores this year have been from set shots, so they mark the ball a yeah. lot in their forward. You need a marking target, but against Richmond, their defence holds up. Rance can cover three. Like he's Unbelievable the way they protect down there. I wouldn't so I would. No, I wouldn't. Harry Taylor's better off down back. The only, I would definitely throw because they're four. The only line reason is that is ground. Jack Rewald, yeah, that's right. Honest. Yeah, that ground is so narrow. When you play in a, a bigger, normal size MCG or the like, the ball comes forward. It's coming from Jono. I've got the option of doing this. I can lead out that way, or I can step my man this way and then go wide. You can't do that. You have to read in layers. I have to work out how far he is under pressure, when he kicks under pressure, where it lands. I have to hold off that and hit that spot at pace. You play in layers down there as a forward. You don't have this option down there. And I don't think you can ask a backman to turn into a forward first time out and expect to be the dominant forward in the on the ground first time on that field. It's too difficult to play in that layer uh, concept. But isn't that the wild card you want leading into finals? If this does happen or presents itself, we go, right, we can throw Lockie there because well, it happened look. to us back in tw round 21. And have a look, that'll last 15. Or, or then Dicko, <laughs> is it around the ball? Is it Zach Tui 
Nathan Brown said it. He finds plenty of ball down. Did you yeah. put his big, <clears throat> thick body with speed in the midfield? He's, the, the strong presence there, he might be able to play. Danger goes mid that way. Zach Dewey goes mid this way, picks up good ball to then to then drive and then throw maybe a Cam Guthrie in behind the footy again, play defensively. So, well, I don't know, Zach, Zach might be a I reckon a Danger spends there. that many minutes on the bench. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> that many. Three yeah. or zero. <laughs> put him forward. Put, put danger Absolutely. forward. Absolutely. He might kick you forward. Yeah, again. You th- and I think if you put danger forward, you've, st- you've still got to find some extra midfielders because Selwood's not going to be there. Kel- Cam Guthrie's an interesting one, John. I reckon he's been lost in the process in the last sort of 12, 18 months. They tried to turn him into a defender, which he did pretty well against. Now that they've, that they've out, yeah, their small forwards have been out for a while, he's been pushed forward. He's sort of been lost. I, I, I rated him highly sort of two years ago as that two-way running midfielder. They, they do need some midfield depth, particularly now that Selwood's not going to play until at best week one of the, the finals. So he's one that they could th- throw in. Where does, where's Motlop Dicko? Well, mean, that's the thing. I think Motlop plays a pivotal role because you look at Richmond, they're a different outfit to what Geelong have copped previously. Geelong have won the last 12 games against Richmond. Yeah. They're playing on an aggressive style, Richmond. And we know Geelong have, have struggled against fast teams and the way they move the ball. So this is where the midfield... They need to find their leg up. Where's it going to come? But Motlop's the X factor. That's why they were trying to freshen him up and get him set for finals. But does he give them the wheels to get out of? If he plays high half forward, when Richmond have that brilliant lock in with those three little pressure forwards, and they're so good at reaching the tackle, does Motlop give them the wheels out the other side? To go the journey, get out of there and up the other end? Yeah, I think he does. I think he's, we've, we've seen it before. It's just whether, whether Steve Motlop can actually bring it now for the next three weeks, build his own game to get to the point to, to, really, <coughs> to really explode. Because from a Richmond point of view, they, they do explode. And they, yeah. they put the pressure on through the back half of the ground and then Rich, off, off they go. You know what I mean? Richmond's They're, game style stood up last week. They didn't mm-hmm. play very well. But their game style was fantastic. Yeah, you know, they kept the ball inside forward fifty. They ran straight. Their defence was really, really good. So I love it when a team doesn't play that well and still wins by five or six goals. That's a big tick for me. And I tell you what, Richmond fans, uh, get ready for Jared Healy on on Saturday. He's been working. Look at sharp, bro. Hey, bro. What are you sneaking past for? Yeah, <laughs> Jared Healy has been working on something. He's been at the Weather Channel. He's been doing a few little, little things behind the scenes. We know he's come up with the Weagles web and the tsunami and a few different things over the last couple of years. Look out because he's got something on Saturday. Tigers tornado that will absolutely explode. That's catchy, and I hope he gets something to do with the Tigers. I want him to get the that is to do with the Tigers. <laughs> Give us the crawl. Hey, let's move to the next game now. One of your old teams, the Swannies, up against Fremantle. Changes. <laughs> Sydney have made no change. They're going pretty well. Frio have made three changes as well as we get them up. Tabiner comes back in. DeLuca Darcy. Griffin is omitted. Crozier with concussion. And Brady Gray with hamstring off the ground. Sydney's defence. We know they're good. They play man-on-man. They don't play zones. You're probably the best person to discuss how they go about it. On Yeah, and I think we've seen the last two weeks how to play against them, how not to play. Play against them is uh, the Hawthorne style. How not to play them against them is how Geelong play. Because you can see how quick Rampy gets back inside. They're, they're a one-on-one defence, but they help each other really, really well. So if you go to a dumb spot or you kick the ball into this area, the dump area, they're going to have multiple players. Whether it's the wing rolling back, the halfback rolling back, 
Grundy rolling off his man. Cal Mills does it well. Rampy does it well. Now, you, you had a conversation. You were chatting here before with Jacob, our statistician, who goes home early before we're finished. <laughs> um, and it was really interesting, just for the viewers to hear, your take on who are good one-on-one -on -one defenders and, and some of the teams that play zone that aren't. T tell us what you... Yeah, so if you're teaching a zone setup, and, and Bulldogs are a great example... It's very hard to teach your defenders one-on-one -on -one because the whole zone is, is relying on pressure, dump kicks, Eastern Wood coming back. So we've seen with the Bulldogs, if you can isolate the Bulldogs' defence, you can get them one-on-one. -on -one. Mm. John, correct me if I'm wrong. Yep. You can do that with Hawthorne. But if you do that with Sydney, they can win one-on-one -on -one battles because that's the way they're taught to defend. They're taught to defend one-on-one. -on -one. So if Grundy gets in a one-on-one -on -one battle, he can win a one-on-one -on -one battle. Mm. Rampy can win a one-on-one -on -one battle. Cal Mills can win a one-on-one -on -one battle. So that's probably one of the biggest differences when you're talking about styles of defences. And then, clearly, if they get help as well, then they're, they're brutal. You just can't outmark them. The ball goes to ground. And, and you don't and, score. And you don't and if, score. And if you're a forward and you're good with forward craft, I want to bring Cam McCarthy yeah. in yep. here. He got the one-on-one... -on -one uh, match up to his liking on the weekend. Talk us through this. Well, this is the best movement we've seen all year from Cam McCarthy. You'll see, obviously, entering the forward line. You'll see a stack of players there. He's just obviously filtering down. But then, Scrimshaw smart, just smart trailing enough there. To, yeah, smart enough to know I've come from space. I'm just going to double back, come straight back into it. That's smart play. He obviously emptied uh, emptied the space. This is himself. great, though. This is unbelievable because he knows the pocket. That's an easy get as a forward. But once you are shut down, all that option's gone. Mackenzie trailing. Exactly Mackenzie's right. not even looking at the Terrific. ball either through, through his movement. But he's come back straight up the guts again because often you'll see players and forwards, they always go, their safety net is the top of the square. Come back, do the figure and eight. how often you... have we taught young kids to run the figure yeah, eight? Yeah, the figure eight. Exactly <laughs> and it right. works the every time. time. Yeah. No, I reckon the other thing is how... how um, patient the ball carrier was then too. There's two components to it. The leading patterns were fantastic. You need to do that against Sydney. And, and, and the Freo got some forwards in reasonable form. But the ball carrier has to be patient. You have to allow that lead to evolve. And to be perfectly frank, you're gonna, you, there's two things. Dump it outside. If, if you're nothing on, you're better to kick it against Sydney boundary side, get a stoppage. Or you're going to have to take goals from 40 metres out. Mm. That's fine. Take a shot from 40 metres out. If you miss it, your zone's set up in place. If you're just going to dump it to the top of the square, 20, 30 metres out, high ball, it's just going to come back really quickly. And you need the synergy as forward. So mm. you get together during the week, which they all do, but you've got to say, right, oh, from a forward pattern, practice this way. From a, a, a obviously switch bit of play, we've got to practice this way. Oh, no, Sydney, in that bit of play you showed, Ruzi, there was five Sydney defenders pointing... Yeah on how organised they were. They got their pants pulled down again. And I think the other thing with Freo, when your good players are playing well, Jono, mm. you, clearly mm. we're all better coaches when our better players <laughs> yeah, are playing. Nate Feist, number two in the <laughs> yeah, in contested ball the last month. Lockie Neal, number two in, in, in clearances. Mm. And Brad Hill, number two in metres gain. Yeah. So this is not going to be a, a walk in the park for Johnny Longmore. He'll know that. They're going to be really well prepared for Freo Dockers. And they're going to have to be because their good players are playing really well. Well, they football. are. And we talk about Sydney's defence all the time, but the forward line's getting the job done as well with some, you know, Rowan Papley in good form. Even Haywood jumped up last week with three goals. That's about it for us, uh, boys. We've got 360 coming up next. Enjoy your matches on the weekend. Jared and Robbo, they're up now.